known for his persuasive upbeat style of communication anthony is perhaps best known for his typographic text based compositions including the now famous work work hard and be nice to people poster which has become the design mantra for the design community and beyond he has a beautiful website which showcases his work bio and process of him creating really iconic posters and more and there's obviously plenty of interviews videos and talks about his process of creating artwork and his experimentation online what i would like to try today and document is ask him few questions about his thought process his messages and not the medium so although medium is the message but let's find out so so thank you anthony for giving your time and it's a real real honor to have you on audio again yeah it's a pleasure and thank you for inviting me uh, but just to set context if you can very briefly quickly tell us uh, who's a printmaker and what what he or she does exactly um Well, the clue's in the name, really. It's that somebody who makes prints. Printing. Yeah, yeah I, th- yeah, I, think, it's, um, I think it's an art practice that involves making multiple artworks. So, so not just a one-off piece, but um, an edition or, a, you know, or a, kind of, yeah, a multiple number of artworks. Okay. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it's, it's quite a broad um, term. So I think it's... it's a term that i like to sort of describe my work with as as opposed to just being a graphic designer i think it's it kind of describes a little bit better what uh what i do in my practice mm-hmm. and any any quick background about any history where did it start uh, at least in europe or uh, maybe in london where did it start how did it happen i think well i think as an art practice maybe maybe in the 60s i suppose you think of andy warhol and artists like rauschenberg um the pop artists i think popularized that kind of printmaking mm-hmm. i think prior to that would be maybe uh, hogarth the uh, kind of political cartoonist who who made made work in in the georgian times so uh one of his his famous prints was gin alley and it was talking about uh uh the the kind of you know the misuse of alcohol by people in georgian times so it's i think i think as a kind of political idea i think it maybe go back to those days um but i think in the, in the modern era in the from since the 60s and 70s it's it's a way of i think fine artists producing multiple artworks that can then be uh editioned and sold through galleries So and then I think from for me I think it, it's appealing because it's it, it I think it kind of elevates the work into more of a a kind of fine art arena rather than commercial design which uh is part of my background. Mm-hmm. So yeah, coming to the main questions which I wanted to um, 
elaborate more on. Uh, you have produced some iconic lines through your work, right? Uh, how do you arrive on these lines? I'm not asking for inspiration, but how do you arrive on these lines? I mean, particularly, I like it. What is it? Yeah, yeah, right? sure. Uh, or maybe just I've seen like one poster which just says tomorrow. Yeah. Right? So one yeah. word is yeah. one poster. Um, so if you can just tell us what does it mean and uh, do you always have to be narrating a story around it or just the poster does the job or how does that work? I think it's it, it's kind of I suppose my background in in advertising and commercial design um, taught me how to kind of really pare things down to to kind of so it, in the end it's just the words with. A minimum use of typography. So I like to communicate as much as I can using the the littlest means that I've got available. So so I think it's I think it's an, an idea of communi- just communicating a small message that then hopefully connects with people and engages in some way and you know, starts a conversation. So, you know, we're, we're chatting about it now. So I think it's it's connected with you and I think you want to find out more about it. So it's done its job. But then you have to, that's what, you have to be present to answer my few questions. Otherwise yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I have a very interesting follow-up question on that. Yeah, but yeah. But you can continue this. So do you have to be present to communicate the thought behind the process? No, no. I think, um, yeah, I think an artwork fails if you have to, if it has to be explained to you. And I no, think, but then in this case, tomorrow, right? Yeah. Tomorrow well, being just uh, you and me. I think, yeah, to a certain extent, it, mm, you get the context. Yeah, yeah. But tomorrow can be interpreted in thousand other ways. Yeah, well, it's open to interpretation, and I know what it means for me. Okay. Um, but it, it's it's yeah. What does it mean to well? What does it mean to you? tomorrow it would be a very local example uh, in india uh, we really never had a culture of credit mm. so in india you will see a lot of places uh, which says uh, come tomorrow if you want credit mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and and the context is basically tomorrow never comes yeah sure yeah yeah so well, that's but what how i interpreted it yeah i saw another, uh, i saw one when we uh, when i was when we were driving yesterday, uh, today's pain is tomorrow's gain. And I think I, I just love kind of, I, I like wordplay and I, I like how ideas can be kind of twisted maybe and the context of words changed. And, and I think when, when you put some words on the wall, you know, whether it's where you work or where you live, those words take on a different meaning to different people who interact with them. So I think it I think it's I think it's the ambiguity of it that I really like as well. And I think it's um I think you can I don't know, it's it's just kind of connecting with people in in a way that is is not obvious. You know, I I kind of I try and steer away from things being too obvious and and being too kind of explained. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's about it's about lots of things really. It's about a love of a love of visual communication. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, and I'm, as as I'm researching more into graphic design world and mm. uh, general media and stuff, 
I may be wrong, but I'm just putting out this uh, uh, to you, that your work, at least what I've seen uh, online, as per my understanding, it lies at the cusp of art for art's sake, at the one end spectrum, mm-hmm. and say, detective art at the other end, right? So, uh, work hard and be nice to people uh, is sort of your message, which has uh, which has a, um, what do you say, like a value which tries to communicate certain mm. in a very positive way. Yeah, yeah. Whereas art for art's sake could be like just play of uh, alphabets, play of mm. space, yeah, yeah. alignment, and so on and so, yeah, so forth. Yeah, sure. So I find it right in the middle. It's neither like too preachy, neither it's just art. So how do you define that? Well, I've always been on the boundaries of disciplines. So even when I was at university, I was kind of, I was between graphic design, illustration, sculpture. You know, I I was interested in lots of different things. And at the time, I didn't see a reason to specialise in, in one particular field because I felt like that would kind of restrict my creative development. Mm-hmm. And I think, I've, um, I think I've rediscovered that kind of multidisciplinary approach over, you know, over the past 10 years maybe, it's kind of working in lots of different media, kind of sculpture and installations and printmaking and film and music and, and just trying lots of different ways of making work and and kind of exploring different ways of, of kind of expressing myself really so, so i think i've interpreted it correctly right it's yeah i think cast. so yeah yeah <laughs> but you know everyone's interpretation is has has got you know merit and value and it's kind of it you know you put work out into the world and and you hope people will notice it and pay attention and you know you, you're just trying to trying to put yourself out into the world really Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I think, I think, uh, that's that lies at, at the core of it. Mm-hmm. To extend that further, I understand like analog creations, like the way you play with actual wood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has its own warmth. It has its own charm, right? Uh, with digital, there are certainly trade-offs. There are certain uh, not so good things and also good things, right? But still, if you compare internet, it's still. 20 years old, 30 years old, Mm. whereas print has been more than that. So how do you, what goes in your mind when you try and challenge in the analog world itself to push the boundaries? Because a lot of things are possible in digital, but Mm. you just do probably a prototype, a rough sketch, just an idea. Mm. But uh, at least from what I've seen, uh, you're trying to push the boundaries in the analog world as well. So what, where do these thoughts come from well I, I think for me it's um i'm always interested in you know trying new things and exploring different media and things like that and it's kind of but i always come back to you know the physical and the handmade um you know the, uh, you know I, I use a computer a lot you know to kind of to kind of make work and but it's always got its roots in the handmade and the physical and i think it's that connection between actually being in, in the real physical world and connecting with things um, that, that kind of makes that makes that connection between my personality and my background, my education in design, my childhood and, and all the things that I've always been obsessed with and things like music and, and kind of 
art and kind of you know dance and and just experience of life that is everything is kind of wrapped up in in the work that I make so so that's why I think I've kind of gone away from working for brands and clients and things and kind of working more solely uh, making my own projects now and then you know working working on specific um specific ideas that I think you know have got value and 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 uh, kind of worth spending time on. So in case of oil and water, I saw the video. Hmm. Uh, later on, it got commissioned or like it was, it was a not-for-profit uh, angle, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. But so, what initiated the idea then? Um, so that came through um, a creative team who were working in an advertising agency in Brussels, a guy called Tom and his girlfriend Cecilia. So that so they had the initial idea to print a poster using oil from the Gulf of Mexico spill. This was back in two thousand and ten. So yeah, yeah, a long time ago now. So they so they approached me to design the poster because they had the original concept, but they didn't have the message that they wanted to, to kind of print. No, so the idea of going to. Uh, other place where there was, I believe it's Mexico. Yeah, the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, yeah, Gulf of Mexico. yeah, yeah. So going there, uh, getting the right material. Yeah, yeah, Was all that conceived by you or by them? It was by them. Okay. Yeah, but I think I got involved through the design and the meaning of the poster, and then I think that kind of, kind of, transferred through, you know, th- through the medium of, of, you know, their original idea. So I think it. Um, so yeah, I think it was, it was collaboration. Why do you think your work is appreciated so much? I'll uh, explain it. Is it the medium, the means, or the message? Um, um, th- and how do you see all these three aspects as well? Yeah, I, th- I think because it's so kind of closely linked with um, with. Mm, I suppose me and my personality and, and my the way that I deal with other human beings in a you know I try to be open I try to be accommodating and friendly and just be generally be a, an okay kind of person mm-hmm. so I think I think that's what the work does as well it kind of goes out into the world and it's got a kind of approachable look to it and I think it's something that you it's kind of memorable because it's simple and I've been doing it for for a long time, so I've got a kind of I've got a decent back catalogue now of of work that has got a consistency and a, a kind of a, an idea, a thread that kind of runs through it. That it's it's basically all one one piece of work, and I'm kind of adding adding new parts to this bigger body of work. So if I go to if I have to go slightly more philosophical and ask mm. you, uh, I don't know whether you have heard of this name Marshall McLuhan. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. says medium is the message. Yeah. So yeah. how would you respond to that? I mean, if, um, uh, if you were. Yeah. Well, I think he he was very pressing. You know, in, in the sixties when he was kind of looking at the way that information was being disseminated through you know through television and, and through print media, and I think I think his ideas have kind of kind of mushroomed really. Be, be, in, in the you know the the kind of information and technology age that we're in now that it's it, it, the way that it's affecting um, people and, and you know the development of 
I suppose the positive side is like connections and being connected with with a lot of people at one time, but the negatives are being kind of uh, you know you, you, your voice seems to be lost you know in all the noise and the chaos and and it's very difficult to make sense of it i think i think you have to um just navigate your your own way through through this kind of avalanche of of stuff uh, actually so i have one more question sorry sure so uh in um since you mentioned about the noise and everything so are you having like what are your thoughts about taking or are you taking this conscious decision of uh, sticking to simple uh, and making good use of the medium and the message so that it doesn't get lost in the noise uh, yeah. of at least the today's time. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think. well, for me, I just, you know, I've, I've got a, a kind of, uh, a kind of palette of, of materials and, and kind of things that I use to make the work. And, and that has, has got its own identity and a connection with everything else. So they're all like different parts of a jigsaw puzzle all connected together to make to make this thing that I make. Mm. And um, yeah, I, th- I think I think that's that's the strength of it. I think it's the the consistency of the message and and kind of keeping things simple and not tr- not trying to be too clever. <laughs> you know, just trying to be human and, and and saying, you know, I don't understand things. You know, we, we're all just trying to work out, you know, our lives and and how to how to live with other people and and just yeah, just how to be okay with each other. Mm-hmm. But does this come because when you're young, when you're like starting your career, you just want your palette to be ever growing and ever increasing and just exploring different dimensions yeah yeah but with maturity i believe the palette uh, doesn't shrink but you're happy with that and you can see everything within that itself, yeah right massimo yeah. vagnelli is yeah, like yeah. i'm fine with two fonts for the rest of my life yeah so is this a trait of being mature or is it what what does it where is it coming from yeah well i'm i'm 52 now and i'm kind of i feel like i've you know i i, I kind of know who i am now <laughs> and I know what I'm dealing with, and I know what I know my limitations, but I also know my strengths and potential. And I think it's you know when you're when you're in your teens, you know it's chaos. In your twenties, you you kind of feel like you should be grown up. In your thirties, you know you you're still searching for what it is. And I think maybe it's only when you get into your forties that you start to understand who you are. And then, yeah. So I'm I'm in I'm in the good bit now. I think mm-hmm. you know fifties and sixties. I think is uh, I think I think they're good good times to be in. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think uh, on that uh, great note, uh, I would just I know like I'm not really equipped for like a much deeper conversation no, because no. of my experience. But it's just my uh, modest effort to. Uh, document your thoughts yeah yeah yeah, it's it's a real honor to speak to you and thank thank you you giving thank you for giving your time and uh, yeah if people have to follow you uh, the most is Anthony Burrell uh, uh, on Instagram yeah Instagram yeah it's my uh, yeah it's my weakness yeah yeah and yeah uh, yeah, I would definitely tell my listeners to check out anthonyburrell.com yeah sure it's beautiful uh, great 
posters obviously i need to not tell you it's a great inspiration to in fact see your work also thank you very much cool. it's been good to chat with you thank you thank you thank you and that's it from today's gyan session catch us on itunes savan stitcher or any podcasting app you use do rate us on itunes and follow us on twitter facebook and instagram stay tuned for more gyan on audiogyan.com till then bye hello it's been a great week on the ivm podcast network On this round is on me. Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish thing, Anish welcomes ultra marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon, the mindset of a runner, and what it actually takes to run a full marathon. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus, Naveen, Akash, and Shreyas talk about the Korean band BTS serving in the military and its repercussions. On Think Fast, Varun and Suchita discuss Wing Greens and their latest acquisitions, and about the Indian sexual wellness market. And on Shuni One, Sheila Dutta is joined by Dinika Bhatia, CEO and founder of Natigritis. They talk about coming from a business family and Dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt-free snacking. Once again, don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcasts.com. We have some exciting new merch out there for you. Also, do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to. Appreciate them, rate them, and review them wherever you are listening to them. You can also check out all our other shows on YouTube.com/slash/IVMPodcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week: Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, Kotak Privy League Program, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks, guys. Without you, this would not be possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app and the website, or wherever you get your podcasts from.